Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of On the Road with Thornhammer, episode 57, damn, uh, Metal Church Review coming in a second, but first, uh, you can help us by rating, reviewing, subscribing, uh, join our show shares by sharing the episode on your social media, maybe I'll mention you in an upcoming episode. Go to onyxedstudios.com and check out our entire lineup of uh, of podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, every Thursday you can find On the Road with Thorhammer on uh, iTunes and all that stuff. You can find all the links in our show notes. Metal Church. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my day going to Metal Church. Uh, I worked overnight leading into Saturday. So I got off work at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. About an hour or an hour and a half or so after I got off work, I knocked myself out. And uh, I had pretty perfect sleep. That usually doesn't happen. But I guess everybody in the apartment complex is being extra quiet on this Saturday, so that helped me out a lot. I uh, woke up and I was out the door and within half an hour of waking up. I uh, picked up my drums from Lemp downtown. Went straight to the venue. Got all my stuff set up. Uh, everything there went super smooth. Until Tim had car trouble. And it was a close call, but they got there just in time to back on the amps. Uh, for the other bands, uh, Broke Neck were really good. I had never seen them live. A couple of the guys from Ebsala are in Broke Neck, so good times. Uh, Seven also played. Uh, they It was the first time I'd seen them play, or we had played with them since about 2013, like right when I joined, so it was cool to see them. They dropped the mask gimmick. Which I'm happy that they did. Uh, it, that could have been years ago that they did that. Like I said, I haven't seen them in forever. But they still brought it big time. Good stuff. Major compliments to everyone involved in the show. Honorable mention to Colin for thinking of us for stellar shows like this. Uh, keep that shit up, Colin. Uh, basically... The, the crowd was fucking great the entire time. I had a really... I had a couple of really enthusiastic older dudes. They were probably... They were like my dad's age, so... <laughs> probably like mid-50s, I would, I would guess. But one of the dudes was right up in my face the entire set. And uh, happy to inspire such a positive reaction whenever we play. That always makes me feel good about the songs that we're playing, so... Great crowd. Um, because I got up at 4 p.m. today, <laughs> uh, I'm too wired to go to sleep. So I'm actually recording this the morning after the show. I still have not, I've yet to go to bed. <clears throat> and I probably won't until tonight or this afternoon, maybe. Take a nap. I'm still not sure if I'm going to go to DRI tomorrow. I'm debating that. 
I would have to... I need to save my vacation days for our shows, so I'd have to call in to work, and I don't... It's a possibility, but, you know, we'll see how I feel later. Um, but yes, Metal Church is a great send-off now that we've uh, reached the end of our summer runs of run of shows. Uh, I can say this is probably the best season of shows that we've ever had. Everything from campgrounds to basements to back to our home in St. Louis. It's all good, man. Um, we're happy to take on new challenges and see where things go the next few months. More later. On to our conversation for this week. I recently podcasted and Skyped with my good friend Thelmo Rigo from uh, Florida last week and this is taken from his podcast Dream Theater Radio uh, which can be found on iTunes, Facebook and SoundCloud. I'll also include the links to his stuff in the show notes. Uh, our talk covers touring, gear, everything in between and of course the band Dream Theater. Now if you're not a fan of Dream Theater uh, this podcast is still going to be listenable for you. Uh, we do not stay on it more than a quarter of the episode interspersed throughout. Um, if you aren't familiar with their music, go ahead and check them out on YouTube and maybe buy an album or two. They, uh, I've always enjoyed seeing the band play live uh, when they come here. And they'll, as you'll find out in this conversation, they'll be coming back to St. Louis very soon uh, after a 12-year hiatus from playing here uh, I'll get more into that in the course of the interview uh, but I actually heard an ad for them on Casey uh, Radio today so that was kind of cool uh, they definitely didn't as far as I can recall they did not do that when they played her in 2004 so it can only be good anyway Join me for my conversation with Thelmo, and uh, let's roll right into the thing. Yeah. Hi, guys. So up next, we have our good buddy Chris Nays back on the show. How you doing, man? What's going on, Thelmo? Nothing much, man. How you been? What have you been up to? Uh, everything's good on my end, man. Uh, I'm glad that coming through on this episode uh, is less echo. <laughs> yes, definitely. And shorter, uh, hopefully. I, I don't know if you got any uh, response about that on on your end, but um, it whenever I just listened back to see what the quality was like, I was like, oh no! <laughs> right? Uh, but this one is hopefully going to turn out better. Uh, more palatable to the ear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everything's good, man. Uh, I've been super busy with the band stuff lately, and uh, every everything there has been amazing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know when when I whenever you want me to do my plugs, I'll do that so people will get the lowdown on what that kind of stuff is. But yeah, everything's good. Man. Good. I hope good. everything's good on your end too. Yeah, man. You know, we survived. Uh, you know, some hurricane or something that happened. You know, last week and. Uh... We're alive and well. I think my lawn chair fell over and I had to pick it up, so I, you know, I did have some damage. But uh, besides that, things are good. But so, Chris, I mean, 
Yeah, man, give us the scoop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, here's here's the link stuff. Uh, Thorhammer.bandcamp.com for uh, the music and the merch and stuff. The album is free to download. So uh, again, the Thorhammer.bandcamp.com. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about my YouTube stuff, and you graciously complimented me on the drum videos, which I appreciate. But uh, those are on uh, YouTube channels. Uh, Thor Hammer Metal, all one word. Or uh, my name, Chris Nays, which uh, my last name is spelled N-A-E-S, and that's for all my like drum stuff, uh, drum cam videos, basically. Cool. And, uh, of course, I'm a fellow podcaster, so I'm pretty proud that we are up to, let's see, this is going to air next week, so we'll be up to 56 episodes this week, and uh, if you search Thorhammer on iTunes, uh, Spreaker, or the Stitcher app, uh, On the Road with Thorhammer is the full title of my podcast, and it's basically just documenting my life as an indie musician, and uh, just has fun conversations with uh, everybody that's involved in my life and in my band. And uh, lots, lots of stuff going on with the band this this summer, man. We we played uh, Full Terror Assault, which is about three hours away from St. Louis, at the former site of the Juggalo Music Festival. <laughs> and uh, that was pretty insane. Uh, it was about 120 degrees on stage when we played. Uh, so that that was pretty cool. I'd never played in an outdoor festival before, so that was awesome. And um, actually, if anybody, any Dream Theater fans that are listening to this that live in St. Louis or near St. Louis, we are playing at the Firebird this Saturday, the uh, 17th, with uh, Metal Church. And I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but they're a pretty legendary uh, thrash band that uh, were pals with Metallica back in the day in San Francisco and stuff. But, but anyway, they're playing an extended set in St. Louis at the Firebird next set, or this Saturday, so I'm pretty excited about that. Get to open with them. Sweet. And that is my spiel as far as uh, Thorhammer goes. Cool, man. So, Sounds like a busy summer. Hey, that festival you were talking about, was that the one um, um, I thought I saw like you were like up in Iowa or something like that? Is that the same thing? Uh, actually, no. Uh, the festival we played at was in a place called uh, Cave in Rock, Illinois, which is basically in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was really ideal for a music festival because it was ba- a campground for bikers, basically. And uh, and that's like I said, that's where the jugglers used to pile around at. So that nice. uh, some weird, some weird uh, heritage there. Yeah. But the. Uh, the the Iowa show was actually in Des Moines, and we uh, we're really good friends with a lot of Des Moines bands. And a lot, actually, this was really more of a collective of all the Midwest metal bands that are of note coming together and playing this great show in a basement. And it was really like invite only kind of thing. And uh, it was one of the highlights of my summer for sure. It was like. It, it was a ridiculous part. Like I ended up going to bed at one o'clock or one thirty in the morning, and there were stu- still two, two bands to go on. So, so <laughs> if that tells you, if that tells you what kind of show that was, it was pretty insane. But uh, 
bands from Des Moines like Traffic Death and Dark Mirror like are worth going to Des Moines alone. So I don't those aren't really like dream theater type bands, but they're definitely metal bands. So if anybody is into the heavier side of things, definitely look those guys up on on Facebook or wherever. Um but yeah, that that's that was the Des Moines gig last weekend. I'm glad that you keep up with all this stuff, man. Though I I I post all these updates about my life on on tour and stuff, and hope that somebody out there cares. So <laughs> I do care. I care about your shows. I care when you're harassing AT and T by a crazy lady. I care about everything. <laughs> that's that's actually I recorded a podcast this morning about that specific incident. So that is what's going to be. That's what's going to be the show this week. If if you want to look it up, it's a. Uh, it was an interesting, uh, interesting time at the AT and T store for sure. Uh, that lady was completely insane. Nice sneak peek on Dream Theater Radio. <laughs> so, Chris, hey, I did want to ask you. Um, the last time you were on the show, which was I think episode five, so it was a, it was a while ago. It was back in the, you know back at the beginning, and um, you know, the main topic we discussed was obviously The Astonishing, and it had just come out, like, that week, right, or something like that. So um, I was just kind of curious. I mean, not to make this, a, you know, a super long question, but, like, how has your opinion now, eight months later, nine months later, like, changed about the album? Uh, it really has not changed that much. Uh, I, I, I have been listening to it a lot more sparingly as time goes on. But that's just a natural progression of like how you listen to music, I guess. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. Like when it first comes out, you're all about it and you listen to it all the time. But over time, you kind of give it some space, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, especially a two-hour album. I mean, you can't always dedicate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, even when you, even when I it first came out and we did that podcast, like it was hard for me to find time to really dig in. Uh, but I still, I still love it. Uh, I'm. I I I didn't think they were gonna come here, but we're gonna get to that. Uh, but yeah, I I absolutely still dig the album, especially the uh, the heavier moments. And we already went over what songs that we loved, and people can go back and listen to that. But uh, super into it. Uh, one, for me, it is the best record with Mangini on it, and I stick by that, that statement still. Hmm, interesting. That's cool. So yeah, so they finally announced some new shows. Obviously, your place is one of them, and, and mine is too, which is awesome. Um, I didn't want to have to travel to Kentucky to see them, but I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was starting to look like I was going to have to trek to Chicago or something like that, and yep. uh, I'm... There is no better situation than when a band comes to your town that is your favorite band. So, right, I know. Uh, that happened a few years ago with Maiden, for me, or maybe it was two years ago. I can't really remember. Yeah. But uh, when when a band comes within driving distance, it is fantastic. Uh, as much as I love road tripping and like I do it a lot with my band, like I, it's. If I can not have to take a day off of work to go to the show, then that's better. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, but I'm completely stoked about Dream Theater and seeing the show finally. 
Me too, man. Me too. It's been a, a long time coming. It's been a lot of reviews and a lot of like Facebook videos and crap just to tease us. But um, yeah, man, I'm super thrilled. I think I, I mentioned see. earlier, you know, I started screaming like a little girl when I found out, so that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my voice is a little deep to do the uh, <laughs> thing. I on occasion I have a good Freddie Mercury impression. There you go. But uh <laughs> but I think that uh Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic and I damn it, I had something in my head. Until the until the high pitched thing <laughs> came up <laughs> and now it disappeared from my head. But uh yeah, uh suffice to say gonna be a great show. Oh, I was gonna say I guess that the re- the reason they're doing a whole nother leg and hitting all these other cities is that the tour has been a success. Yeah, I think it um I think it was nominated for like um, on like event of the year or something, you know, at the Prague Awards, um, it's yeah, it's been huge, man. Like you know, like I don't know. I keep reading even people that aren't crazy about the album itself go to these shows and they're like, that was amazing. You know what I mean? So I can't wait because I do like the album. I'm with you on that still. So I can't wait to see yeah, it like, I, in its entirety. I think that we mentioned like uh, you know, there's a lot to take in with this double record, and when the when you see it live, like that's when it all really comes together, you know. Yeah. So I think I I definitely like I think that that's what's happening with people is like they they're re- they get to see the full scope, and that's what the entire point was. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think this this whole concept was envisioned to be a live show. You know what I mean? That's like its optimal you know viewing way, <laughs> if that's English. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, it's as good a way to explain it as any, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to mention, actually, this show is at this place called the Peabody, which is a really old opera house in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. they, uh, I think it originally was opened like in the 30s or something like that. And in the 90s, before I ever started going to shows, it closed. So there was always this, like, mystique around this old venue that where my dad and my stepdad used to you know not together obviously but uh, <laughs> that would that would be extremely odd but uh no they they used to see like thin lizzy and F- the rolling stones and like these I, I don't know like elton john like all these insane bands play this this like mystical gig you know like yeah that that, that people my age uh never got to see so they basically they in uh, like uh, 2011 I think maybe they reopened it and I still have yet to be at a show there because I wanted it to be a good one and uh, one that I'd always remember. Yeah. And and, uh, the, and lo and behold they're playing the Peabody and I get to see Dream Theater there and it's and uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be better than when they played the pageant and the guy fell off the balcony. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that story. That was amazing. <laughs> Pretty fucking insane. Uh, we don't need to go into that again, but <laughs> I really hope that nobody would fall off the balcony at the Peabody because it's way higher. Yeah, um, that's that's not good. Do you know so if that guy, he would totally die. <laughs> do you know if that guy even died or not? No, he yeah. didn't die. Uh, he fell on top of another guy, and then that's the guy that got hurt. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh. it was... It was pretty insane. That's uh, hilarious. 
I hope that any other Dream Theater fans from St. Louis are listening to this and will reply on Facebook and stuff and, like, give their two cents on that because it, I'm just one person that was there. You know what I mean? Right. I would like to hear anybody else's perspective, like, if they were really close to the guy or something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, the show's going to be grad. That's what the bottom line of that is. Yeah. It's kind of weird that, like, being in St. Louis, which I consider to be, like, probably, like, you know, the most, like, metropolitan area like in the middle of the country there like it's weird that like you have to travel so much for shows like you would think that's like a guaranteed stop like on some of these tours you know what i mean kind of strange yeah i i don't i guess i like positioning wise like geographically yeah you would think that we we would be not like a flyover gig or like a drive past gig or whatever. Yeah. But honestly, like we get passed by a lot of tours, and it's really because of the iffiness of fans here. Like we ha- we have a we have a, a old school rock and roll station that's been here for fifty years, and it's one of the last ones in the country. But for some reason, like. The niche market of heavy metal bands is still hard to come by sometimes. And, uh, um, you know, like Maiden played here, it didn't even sell out. What? You know? Yeah. The, and there, and when Dream Theater played the pageant, which is a 2,000-person gig, that didn't sell out. Um, wow. So, like, I think that they're banking on, a you know, like a growth of fan base here. And... Uh, and they're hoping people will road trip, and which they, I assume that they will. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's significantly more people. It's it's a 3,000-plus gig. So, um, I you know, I try to have faith in my fellow St. Louisans, but sometimes they let me down. <laughs> yeah. So what is it? Is it just more of like a hip-hop and R&B like kind of uh, city? Like, uh, It's... I mean, we do have a good local scene, uh, as far as like um, you got your you got your good heavy metal bands, you got your indie bands, you got your punk scene, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is a there's a hip hop kind of scene here, and I there's a it, it's really racially divided here too. So like, um, you know, uh, and that goes that goes back for like a hundred years or something like that. Uh, it's a, it's a weird thing, you know. I like I yeah. I do think that there is a rap thing here, but I'm so far removed from it that I can't. I couldn't really give you a clear <laughs> answer on like how how much people go to those shows. I I do know that like once a year they have this thing called Lou Fest, which is actually really soon or maybe next week under this week under so I don't remember. But uh, you know they bring in people in the in uh, like uh, hip hop kind of. Spectrum of things, yeah. You know? Uh, what's that band with uh, Andre Five Thousand or whatever his name is? Um, oh, like Outcast or something? Yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, Outcast came. You yeah. know, like stuff, stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, it's like I said, it's just the iffy, the iffiness of people to go to, like trust them to go to shows, and so like. Sometimes you get a great fucking gig here, and sometimes it's the absolute shits. So, um, <laughs> I've been there. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel for the major bands that come through and don't see the money. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what. And 
you know, we do get a lot of bad press about people getting shit robbed out of their vans and stuff. So, um, we're one of the, we're honestly, one of the worst cities about that that you'll see, like, on your metal injection websites and stuff like that. Uh, and Blabbermouth. And uh, it's just real bad press. And, like, some smaller time bands that are still traveling in a van don't want to come here anymore. And uh, we could go on and on about that forever. But yeah, the, the, the main point is this. Dream Theater is coming. And it is going to be fucking awesome. Absolutely. I couldn't feel the same way. I feel like Florida is the same way. Like, it's such a diverse market that, like, I really don't think... I don't even think metal really has a huge market here, never mind Prague, which is even a smaller of, like, a genre. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, it's... You know what? Florida... It, the interesting thing about Florida is that it's so far uh, east and south that, like, unless you're making a loop... It's really out of the way. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Orlando, especially, is, like, even, it's, like, further down into the state. So, I don't know. And, like, Miami, even further. So, if there's metal, a market for metal there, I feel for those kids, you know? I would yeah. love, like, I would love to go down there. I would love to bring Thor Hammer down so you could see a show someday. Hell yeah. Is it, is, like, is it going to happen? It would, there... It would depend on what kind of gigs we can book in between and back. You know what I mean? Right. Make it worth your time. Yeah. yeah and you just have to you have to plan that way. You have to think bigger than just like, is there fans in this one city? Because we have to drive twenty three hours to get there. You know, like right. uh, I don't know. That's why there's stops in between because it's a twenty three hour drive or. or so you know, I'm guess I'm estimating based on previous vacations to Florida, but that's basically what it is. Uh, no, yeah, you're right, and I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of like I feel like that's definitely true, especially for like local bands. But like, I don't know, a band like Dream Theater, where you know you can probably close to sell out in like Orlando and Miami and Atlanta and like you know uh, New Orleans. I mean, I don't really see a reason why. Like, there's enough. You know, metropolitan areas down, you know, down here that I don't see why it's, you know, it wouldn't be worth like their time, unless there's really not an audience. But I mean, I don't know, like yeah, know. it's that's like uh, that's logistical kind of stuff. Like uh, basically, uh, 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 you know, I'm really bad with geography. But, uh, <laughs> let's let's say uh, Kansas City and St. Louis, they're gonna pick one of the two if they're coming to Missouri because. They're four hours away from each other, so like they know the dedicated fans who are going to come to a Dream Theater show will drive four hours from one city or the other. Sure. So, so on their trip through, they'll pick one, and then on the next leg, they'll do the other one. Right. Ideally, you know. But um, yeah, that's and that's logistical stuff that's out of the band's hands, and I totally get that. And and when when you see the people online making an outcry like come to my city which we both were guilty of like i w <laughs> i wanted that to happen so bad and it did yeah so I'm, I'm really happy but uh our cries were not in vain <laughs> yep no it's true and i mean you know you know at the end of the day we're bitching and complaining because in most other countries dream theater or like any other major band really visit the, you know they're lucky if they get two stops in the entire country like you need to like move your ass and go, you know and go if you want to see it. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah, and those the, I I love those people like in uh, in Europe that will backpack and take trains and do whatever they got to do. Like be in countries where they don't even speak the language and uh that that's totally my kind of people, you know. Yeah. We as a band, I and a, as a drummer, like I know we go to where the demand is in if if a band is not near me, like I'll go to them, you know, and that's, if a show is not near us and we, we don't care, like, we'll we'll go there. It doesn't matter. You right, know, right. as long, like, as long as we can get there, we're getting there, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, see, I actually feel bad for dream theater. Cause, um, I guess from my understanding of things I've read, like the middle East actually has a really massive, like Prague, rock and prog metal following but like they just can't go there very often if at all just be you know because of all the turmoil and everything else that is going on in that area so like you know i really feel bad for you know fans like that who really get the shaft just based on location like you know like they'd have to travel to another continent basically to you know see them and oh yeah that's awful uh you know we we are definitely super lucky that we live here and that they'd even be anywhere close. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I'm going to get to drive half an hour and see my favorite band when there's people in the world that never have Dream Theater come to their country. Right. Uh, so uh, I, we have no right to complain. <laughs> uh, I I actually did something very Dream Theater fan-esque earlier today, and I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh I looked up how many days it's going to be that it like between the last time I saw them and <laughs> and when they're coming here in November and uh it will be 1862 days five, which is which is 5 years 1 month and 2 days <laughs> that wow. I will have not seen Dream Theater which uh you know it's mostly because of my location you know yeah and uh, since I've been in this band, like I got a my my vacation days are on a premium, so uh, or at a premium, I should say. So like, right. I really focus on saving them as much as possible. And uh, because Dream Theater didn't come here, I would have had to take two or three days off of work, and I just can't do that. Right. But uh, in other words, it's been way too many days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I never counted the days, but I haven't seen them since I think 2011. So yeah, it'll be five years for me as well. Yeah, I like I cheated and used an, uh, a thing online, so I didn't actually like <laughs> look at calendars or anything like that. But uh, I, I trust the website that I went to that told me how many days. But five years? Can you believe? Like, I, you were in the same boat then. Can you believe it's been five years? Like, it's that, it flew by. It's excruciating, man. And the worst thing that ever happened to me is when they announced that you know, like the last DVD was being filmed in Boston because I absolutely would have been at that show if I still lived in that part of the country. You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah. Did. I am I am in the crowd, you know, in the um, Chaos in Motion DVD at the Boston, like you know, one song they had in Boston. But I mean that I don't know that DVD sucks. So to me, it's like. It's, <laughs> 
That's my absolute least favorite Dream Theater DVD is that one. And oh yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard you. Uh, I think I heard you talk about it with a band that was on here. Uh, maybe it might have been the tribute band. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think I did. Yep. Uh, they, it, it was mentioned. Yeah, that is that is totally their like the lowest quality and purposely so. But uh, I I definitely agree with you. Like. If you're going to be on one, you w- you kind of wish it wasn't that one. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I happen to be on maybe the best one. So I like, I, as far as like Dream Theater fan cred goes, uh, me and my buddy Brian, like, we'll, we'll always have that, that we're on the score DVD. And I can't, like, I, even saying it, I can't believe that I'm on that thing. I know, man. I, uh, I went, I went to great lengths to <laughs> get on that DVD. So that was a travel right there, right? I mean, oh my god, yeah, it was a twenty-three hour each trip on a Greyhound bus. Oh, that's right, yeah. that's right. It was pretty fucking rough, man. Yeah, worth it though, because that is I, the Petrucci's hair. Like that is one of the best like uh, DVDs that they have. I, uh, you know, definitely. I heard they released Budokan on Blu-ray, which I haven't even seen yet, but. I'll have to. I mean, hopefully they, you know, would do that with score as well. Score looked fantastic, like you know the lighting uh, and everything. Like it looked. They great. actually they haven't done score on Blu-ray, but yeah, the uh, the Blu-ray of Budokan, I can speak to its quality, uh, sound and video wise, is amazing. Yeah, I'll have to pick that up, man. I thought it would have been on DVD. I definitely need to get it then. <laughs> it's totally, it's totally worth the buy, man. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now now we're getting into bragging territory. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. I, I've it, that's just how I am. Like I'm uh, self conscious about that kind of thing. Like <laughs> I, after we play a set, like I'll get compliments and stuff, and I don't even know what to say. Like, um, I was just thinking about this. Like when I met Portnoy, or or like at that at that festival we just played, I'm one, my. Uh, my singer and guitar player, he met the bass player for Stormtroopers of Death. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that, like, I, I have a bad taste in my mouth from when I met some of, the, some, some of my favorite band members just because, like, they're just dudes, and I geeked out. And, you know, and, I, and if people are geeking out towards me, like, that's awesome, but I have no idea what to say to you, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, and all you can do is be grateful and say thank you and just uh, enjoy the moment because, like, I'm insanely grateful for to have any fans whatsoever, you know, Uh, but but I but I know how it is to be on the opposite end and geeking out again, like, and and have them look at me like. Who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, there's, definitely, there's definitely a fine line like between appreciation and like creepy, awkward shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that time that I met Pornoy, like they had just went through one of the worst nights of their career with that guy falling off the balcony, and like he was in no mood to be talking to anybody. Yeah, uh, but he still did it. So like. You got to give him props, uh, and you know whether he was con- contractually obligated to do it because of people that bought those VIP tickets or whatever. Still, he was a cool enough guy to be like, "I'm going to still do this." Yeah, of uh, course. 
and stay after the show until some ungodly hour in the morning when I finally met him. It was like one thirty in the morning or something like that. But yeah, like I said, like I, I, I'm self-conscious about complimenting or compliments towards me. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. I mean, nobody ever compliments me because I suck at my instrument, but I mean... (laughs) You know that's not true. (laughs) I just haven't played out in a while. I would love to get back in the band. I I actually, and maybe some other listeners saw this, but on your Facebook, maybe two weeks ago, I saw like you were having a bad day and uh, (laughs) you're ready ready to give up the whole thing. And uh, like I've been there, man. So like I get it completely. Yeah. Uh, but you're good. You're good, and never let shit get to you that bad to where you are. Like music is the last thing you should ever give up. Yeah. You know it's, it's it's not even that. It's never let me get to my Facebook app when I've been drinking whiskey. Is you know is more the problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh uh, yeah, we'll see. I I kind of been there too. So. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty proud that I am not an alcoholic anymore. But I and not I'm not trying to put anything on you or say that you are whatsoever. No, but I totally I totally used to be, and it like almost ruined uh, drums and music for me because of the people I started surrounding myself with, and like. Uh, how hopeless I felt to like do anything good musically anymore. Yeah. And it was totally rooted in that. It was totally rooted in like, I just was doing too much extracurricular activity. Like, you know, cut out the bullshit and you'll feel better all around. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, like, don't, don't be drunk and getting online. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because, like, I would say I actually drink to where, like, I lose, like, not drunk. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. But, like, like where I would consider myself to be in a drunken state probably just happens maybe, like, once or twice a year. You know what I mean? But uh-huh. when, when it happens, I need someone else to not be drunk and take my phone away. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. like no, no texting sorry bullshit for you, motherfucker. <laughs> I think and, there's actually apps for that where it will... It will guard you from. <laughs> you gotta like, blow. Turn your phone on. You gotta blow into your phone to get it to turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but you know, like I said, you you're good, man, and you have the best influences in the world, just like I do in Dream Theater and all and these amazing bands. And I would never want you to ever give up music. Nah, I don't think I could if I wanted to, man. It's so rooted in my like. Um, like daily need for happiness. You know what I mean? If I have to go a day without at least picking up the guitar for a few minutes, I feel like not myself. Like I feel something, you know what I mean? No matter what I say or what I do, like music is so integrated in my life. Like, like, you know, like I was just thinking the other day, I've actually been playing guitar for more than half my life already. You know what I mean? Like day in, day out. So it's like, yeah, it's not going anywhere, even if I, you know, bitch and complain occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, yeah. And I'm very much the same. Like, uh, I, I actually have a studio apartment, so it's basically impossible for me to play drums every day. And I work overnight, so, like, uh, both of those things combined make it so to where I really have to just utilize my time in the uh, in the in our jam space in, in downtown St. Louis, Uh as like as uh, 
as good as I can when I have that time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Really super hyper-focused into what songs we're going to be playing and make them as good as I could possibly make them and feel like all that time is spent as well as it could possibly be spent. Uh, and that ends up being enough combined with, of course, uh, studying but the songs I need and uh, the, the songs I need to play and, uh, of course, air drumming to <laughs> uh, to Rush or Dream Theater or whatever is my taste of the day. You know? Right. Uh, but yes, music is every is everything to me, and I'm hoping that it will always continue to be that way. Sure will, man. You sound like a passionate dude. Well, you, like I'm, I'm super lucky to have found a group of dudes that are as passionate as I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like I get that part of that is your struggle. You know, uh, it's not easy for everybody to to be on the same page. Uh, and in Thorhammer, like we, I would say ninety five percent of the time we are. And there's those moments where like you're with it's and it's a cliche to say this, but it is really like you're in a relationship with three other dudes or whatever it is, whatever whatever however many people are in your band, you know. And you you just have to like make it work, you know. Yeah. And uh, however you have to do that, you have to do that. Uh, but I wish you the best of luck in, in continuing playing music. And, uh, of course, the longer you do it, the higher the chances that you're going to find the dudes that need you need to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's just kind of the struggle. Like, you know, like moving to a part of the country you obviously didn't grow up in. Like, you don't have all those ties that you used to have. You know what I mean? Like, back in Massachusetts, I could start a band anywhere, anytime. I was just so intertwined into the scene there that I knew everybody, you know what I mean? Where now yeah, you yeah. move in the you know, you move across the country, all of a sudden you're thirty, like you didn't go to high school here, you don't know like you know, really anyone. I mean, you could hang out at a guitar center and like, you know, strike up conversations and be weird, I guess. But like besides that it's just a lot of like hoping for like things on Craigslist and like just kind of like, you know, just biting your time. But I mean I don't know, like the only thing I really miss about it is is like the ability to play gigs and play shows because I love that feeling. I think, you know, I've, I've you know I've always said this like there's no better drug than like when you're on stage like that that beats them all. You know what I mean? But like, Dude, I, hey, you're preaching to the choir, man. I know exactly the feeling. Yeah, yeah. I just consider myself lucky that even though I don't have that at the moment, I at least have like some recording equipment and I can I, you know I know enough about drums and bass and everything that I can kind of like piece my ideas together into like a half decent like product you know what i mean but yeah and uh and i think like like uh as as long as you keep doing what you're doing it like a band is gonna happen you know what i'm saying yeah probably i hope so i mean you just you keep like you i'll like my best advice would just be like utilize whatever resources you have and that is the internet that is this podcast that is, uh, like you said, Craigslist, uh, musicians, websites, like whatever you can find. Through, like, put that information out there in the most professional way that you can, and uh, hope that when you cast that wide ass net, and that, and this goes not just for you, but for everybody out there that's listening that wants a band, uh, cast that net as 
wide as you possibly can. And like you said, I'm kind of lucky. I have this place that I grew up and this network of people that I've known forever. So it made it a little bit easier, but it was still rough for a while. So, um, uh, you know, you're going to make it happen, man. I have faith in you. (laughs) The power of positivity. That's it, man. That's it. And in the meantime, you know, I got a good podcasting situation and good family life and kids. And I mean, life's not all bad. You got to, you know, you got to pull the positive out and enjoy what you have anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, well, carpe diem, man. That's, <laughs> that's, it. You know, that's, that's it. That's it. Even Dream Theater took like two two or three years to find James LeBrie, so I can't complain that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had a little bit easier time after Portnoy left finding a drummer. but Yeah. Uh, they, I think there was some they, people uh, knocking on the door, you know, there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, even... He, like you're saying, I mean, even the most famous or, well, they're maybe not the most famous band ever, but you get what I'm saying. Like, even the people that have the most exposure got to put in the time and cast the net themselves. So, um, I'm, but more power to you, man. You got this. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. We've got a way off Dream Theater topic. <laughs> You know what we have, but I think this is this is still going to be a good listen. All so, good, right? uh, can I, I want to steer to something that I happened upon earlier. Sure. Uh, the Inside the Astonishing videos that Dream Theater posted on their uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, there actually, there's only one, but uh, so far, a lot of yeah, so far there it's going to be a series, I think. But yeah. I think that. Uh, you know, I did watch earlier this morning. I think a lot of it sort of went over my head because I'm not a uh, I'm well, I'm not classically trained, but I'm really I like I'm not super up on music theory. Uh, but I I will say that they for like Petrucci and Jordan for sure have the best beards in the biz right now. <laughs> That's what you got from the video. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. It, in all seriousness, like the brother theme is a lot deeper than I thought it was, and like, yeah. uh, and like from your podcast with the guy who went into all the themes, like I sort of already knew that, but it permeates throughout like the entire thing. Yeah, so, uh, definitely. It was really cool seeing them dig into all that, but uh, yeah, the beards. <laughs> I don't know much about music theory, but I know a little thing or two about growing some beards, and those are some fucking beards. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I don't know. Like one thing I really that I, accent you were just doing sounded like half of my family. By the way, <laughs> uh, but I actually I personally don't have a beard. I don't want to make it seem. I don't want to act fake towards your audience or anything like that. Uh, I don't have a beard either. Uncle, I can't grow one. I just kind of like paint this on every day. Yeah, my <laughs> my uncle actually does have a beard that is strangely like reminiscent of Osama bin Laden. <laughs> well, so that's, well, you... that's the half of the family I was referring to. It's yeah. like the super Hoosier uh, <laughs> redneck. I, well, I I just said a St. Louisism right there. Hoosier means redneck in St. Louis. Ah, I didn't think rednecks went up that far north. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. They're they're all over St. Louis. They're 
and uh, both east and west, north and south. <laughs> Damn, man. That's yeah, funny. I'm. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. St. Louis and some of the surrounding cities have people that don't speak with the the twang, right? Uh, the southern twang or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of rednecks, man, everywhere. And I know in Florida you got your fair share. So you know. yeah, Florida's the same way. You have these three or four, you know, major city areas, which is like Tampa, Orlando, Miami, Jacksonville, I guess. And then everything, you know, you know, you know, and that kind of like level of people spread for maybe you know twenty mile radius around each one of those cities. And then as soon as you cross that line. It's like you just walked into like southern fried chicken hell. Like it just becomes <laughs> like, like where are your teeth? If I take three steps back over this line, you have teeth now. Like, I'm like I don't understand what's happening, but it's all good. They're nice yeah, people. Ninety five percent of the people I work with talk like I do, and then there's a, a weird five percent that talk like they're from Texas. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? But uh, back to the astonishing video. <laughs> <laughs> we so easily go off track. Oh, that's uh, I I did super enjoy that video. I wish a lot of bands would. That's a a thing with Dream Theater that has gone back forever. Is like they go to great lengths to please their fans. You know. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I love. I mean, you know, you know, like the whole thing with Dream Theater is like their fans. I mean, you know, let's be real. At least 50% of them are probably musicians anyway. And then the other percentage, even if they're not, they're still really into the details. Like, like I've never been such a fan of all, uh, you know, of like a band where I really want to know everything about them. Like, why did you choose that fingering? You know, how do you get your tone? How do you tune your drums? What do you EQ on, like, you know, the singer's voice? Like, Like, there's just not enough information. You always want more. Like, you want to, like stick your hand up their ass and, like, wear them as a puppet and, like, show me how you EQ'd that solo. Rah! And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, like, I don't like, no matter how much they give, we always take it and we always probably want more. I think that's why, you know, Portnoy wrote, wrote, wrote that song Never Enough on uh, Octavarium. But, I mean, yeah. it really is true, man. Like, like any other band, I don't give a shit how you recorded your guitars. Just send me the album when it's done and shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? But, like, with Dream Theater, I just want to know, like, how did you, you know, what's your amp settings? How does John Mayung cut his bangs? Like, I just need to know it all, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. It's an uh, obsession. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm super interested in John Mayung's bangs, for me sure. Too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I completely agree. I, you know, um, there's there's never there you know there's never enough information on Dream Theater to uh, to go around. Uh, you know, the YouTube videos are not that hard to put together. Uh, GoPro has super streamlined all of that stuff. You know, yeah, it is very simple to even with your phone if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, throw something up on Facebook or, you know, uh, whatever you got, whatever you can do to uh, to advertise or to spread your band's music further, That's you should do that. Uh, 
Hell yeah. I love GoPros too, man. Like, I've been dying to get one. Like, I don't know. Ever since I saw it for the first time, like, attached, like, to a guitar's head and just that view with, like, the strings flopping and everything, like, yeah. I, I, I'm like, man, this is awesome. I don't even know if they come with software for editing or what. Like, I have no idea, but I won't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, it, it comes equipped, uh, and it's, it's basically just plug and go. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like I, I'll use it to, um, I'll use it to transfer the videos to a different format or like file format or whatever. And then I'll use another program to edit them together. That's a little more to my taste. Yeah. So like the go and the GoPro is certainly capable of doing everything, but, uh, it's just, I find, I find like windows, movie maker even to be a little easier and have a little more options going yeah. on. Gotcha. But uh, I certainly recommend a GoPro to you or any musician out there. You can get some great stuff with those things. And battery power especially like will last as long as a gig needs to be and even longer. You know what I mean? Right. You can help out you can help out your fellow fellow musicians by recording some of their stuff too. That's true. Yeah. So, and then uh, the quality looks sweet for, like, not a $1,000 camera, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I would also recommend getting, like, a Zoom H4n or something like that, like one of those audio recorders, so that you could sub in better-sounding audio as well. Yeah. Um, not not that the GoPro audio, like, doesn't work, it, and it does, but if you want, like, the full spectrum, it's, a little, it's probably better to get a Zoom or something like that to yeah. pair with. Sure. Um, now, while you're doing that, like, do you have trouble um, syncing them together? Like, what's the process like for that? Uh, basically, what I'll do is I'll find the part in, uh, uh, the basically where I will count in the song, which I am I count in almost every song that we play. Yeah. So uh, the easiest part for me to sync up to is just those hi hat hits. Mm-hmm. Or those, or those kick drum hits, or whatever I happen to start a song with, and uh, like I said, I use the uh, Windows uh, Movie Maker, which comes standard on most PCs, not on not on a Mac, I don't think, but uh, or obviously it's Windows, yeah. but uh, uh, it makes it pretty easy to do it that way. Cool, easy enough. Yeah, we're getting into gear talk. Like, <laughs> oh man, we can go on for days. For sure. Uh, I just ordered a yeah. seven-string Petrucci. It's on its way to me. In case anybody was wondering. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I I actually have a friend in town here that's starting to record some prog stuff with uh, Petrucci. I, I'm not sure if it's a seven-string or a six-string, but uh, it is a beautiful-sounding guitar, man. They're nice, man. They're really nice. I don't think I could ever play anything else. Ever since I got my first Petrucci, everything else eventually just got sold or <laughs> traded or whatever. Because it was just like, yeah. Uh, uh, whenever I whenever I switched to Sabians after hearing Portnoy, it's kind of the same deal. It was like I could never go back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were you before, a Zildjian guy or? Uh, I started with Zildjian. Yeah. Uh, I. You know, a lot of people say that there's not too much difference. Because <laughs> it's like symbols or symbols, but I don't think that that's true. I I, uh, I really think Sabians have are crisper, yeah. and uh, and you know they 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 have a pretty wide sound palette too. So like mixing and matching is a, is a little easier. 
Gotcha. Uh, and uh, their return policy and everything like that is great, too. They actually, and hopefully Sabian isn't listening to this, but they accidentally sent me an extra symbol. <laughs> so Really? Yeah, so I, I just have one sitting in my closet. And as you know from my drum videos, I uh, tend to not hit my cymbals lightly, and <laughs> I break them more often than I should. Yeah. So, uh, so I got one ready to go as soon as that one breaks. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I kind of like Sabians too, but there's just one symbol that Zildjian makes that I don't think I've ever heard of Sabian touch, and that's like the ride symbols. I used, I had like this. Um, it was just like a K custom, like 22 inch ride that like I couldn't get any other brand to set, like have that deep, you know, like ride sound like that thing had. It was just weird. But yeah, uh, besides uh, that. <laughs> That those are really good. Sim- that I'm, you know, not I'm not dogging Zildjian quality whatsoever. Like no. they make a good symbol. Uh, I actually played a, up until last year. I played a Zildjian ride. It was like a, I think it was a Z custom, and they stopped making them years ago. Yeah, but uh, it it lasted me, and the bell was awesome on it. Yeah. So, um, you know what? Symbols for everyone. Symbols for everyone. That's right. <laughs> That's All right. symbols for everyone. Hey, did you ever try those little uh, like Mike Portnoy stacks? Yeah, I use them. them. Yeah, uh, cool. I use the small and the large versions. Okay. And uh, I particularly like the large one, but uh, they're awesome for fills, obviously. Right. Uh, I don't know if they're the exact same ones that he uses. But uh, like I, I'm, they might have, they might have changed some configurations around for when they're mass producing them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not positive on that though, so don't quote me. But uh, I, uh, they, they do the job for me, so sure. that's all that really matters. That's it, man. Hell, I used to make cheap fake ones. I'd get like a shit splash and like these little like Wuhan China symbols. And oh yeah, just make little like ghetto ones. <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. When your symbols, nobody knows better than me. When your symbols break, experimenting and like putting some stuff together to make like a weird uh, China sound or a weird like trashy, uh, just you know something that doesn't sound like anything else yeah. is cool. Definitely. You know? Definitely. <laughs> so, Chris, I wanted to talk to you about some other Dream Theater videos, which is yeah. those um, those like videos that they'd be playing at the shows, like behind the band. You know, they've been kind of releasing them song by song. What do you think about those? The, uh, those are pretty cool, man. Uh, the one I think I was kind of doing a little bit of uh, pre-podcast research earlier. Uh, the Walking Shadow. Yeah, I think is the one. I think is the one that I watched earlier, and uh, of course, one of my favorite songs on that record. But uh, that see, they seem to be on a whole nother level with those those uh, stage videos now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I'm almost positive they have new people working with them on that stuff because it's. You know, coming from like Budokan days to now, they look a thousand times better and uh, more synced with the music. Which they, I guess, they would have to be to uh, tell the astonishing story. You know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're you know they're playing on like a click track for like the entire album to make sure everything's like lined up perfect. Yeah, yeah. 
Because there's also the orchestra stuff is pre-recorded too. Like Jordan's not doing all that himself. So right. I mean, you know, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into making sure everything is like on point. Yeah, I, I super dug that video though. Uh, I I don't know how many other songs they've posted, but I'm gonna definitely go and check out the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, probably once we're done here. <laughs> sure. uh, I'm. That's another thing that they go as far as they possibly can to please a fan. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I read an interview with John Petrucci the other day where he said like the astonishing is by far like the the absolute biggest stage production by a long shot that they've really ever done. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it it pretty much necessitates it. Uh. Yeah. The only the only thing they could do further is get a orchestra, but obviously they're not going to tour with a full orchestra the entire tour. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially the kind of shows that they want to play, like smaller, I mean, slightly smaller venues and everything. I mean, it'd be real hard to squeeze an orchestra into all that. Yeah, but, and you know what? What a lot of these bands that play with orchestras will do is, is they'll do a couple of shows and they'll go to one city and hire whatever orchestra is in that city because you got to think about the logistics of uh flying in or or uh or bussing in all those symphony members like just too much money you know that'd be yeah that'd be amazing it'd be insane so uh but yeah i think uh you know i think that the astonishing is going to uh it from from any of the videos and stuff I've seen posted online, like it's going to be a pr- a pretty stellar uh, top to bottom show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It looks freaking fantastic from what I've seen on on YouTube and everything. I mean, they're pretty ghetto videos, but I mean, yeah. And I I try to stay away from those from almost every band. Even well, I, I some metal bands I'll check out because like it's sound quality is not. It doesn't have to be amazing to see, like, uh, one, you know, some of these local bands that we go and play with and stuff like that. Like, I'll check out their videos online, but when it's a band that I'm planning on going and seeing, uh, I don't want to see what the stage production is, really. Like, I, uh, set list, like, The Astonishing is one of the first shows I've been to in a long time where I know what the set list is going to be. Right. You know? That's true, yeah. I stay point. away from I stay away from anybody telling me what a set list is going to be. Very old school in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think uh, uh, I think with Dream Theater, I'm so used to like you know the set list has always changed at least a little like every show. You know what I mean? Was, oh yeah, but especially back in the day, uh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, back when my corner was there, I mean it was revolving set lists, which I don't know like. I kind of think that's partly the reason for why, like, the production and stage production and everything was maybe a little less quality back then than it is now, is, like, there was no consistency. Like, you know, like, how can a lighting engineer, like, prepare for their entire catalog, you know what I mean? And you Oh, know that, I mean? yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Now it's uh, like, you know, you know, they might rotate two or three songs in and out, but for the most part... You know, like, you know, the majority of the show is consistent. We can really go balls to the wall on it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, I, I can I could kind of speak to that in that if if we started changing out our set completely every night like that, it would be very, very difficult to stay on top of all that stuff. And, and 
I'm you know Dream Theater is on a whole nother level than what I'm doing, but uh, it it would be very hard for and for production for the band for for everybody involved, you know, to stay to stay on top of all that stuff. So I I see the negatives and positives, and I sort of have a, a more weight on the positives of being ultra focused on a set list, like astonishing is. Yeah. It's going to be kick-ass, man. I can't wait. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't even I, know. Like, I'm, I'm speechless. I said on the last podcast, um, I was kind of hoping, like, um, anybody who's going to, like, the Orlando show would hit me up, you know, a bunch of DTR fans. Maybe we could all kind of get together and, like, have a drink or, like, have lunch or something like before the show. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like... Okay, so I have the Majesty logo on my arm, uh, tattooed on my arm, and when I'm at shows and I'm shirtless, like I'll get a little bit of attention that way, like from from Dream Theater fans that happen to be there. Yeah. But uh, I honestly don't hear of a lot of Dream Theater love in St. Louis. So like, just the same. Like if if a Dream Theater fan wants to hang out out before the show downtown somewhere and like. Uh, pile around or whatever. I'll be there with my buddy Ian, and uh, you know, let's let's fucking hang out. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there there the Dream Theater community is, in, in St. Louis, as far as I know, is is small and niche. So um, same kind of deal. Like I'll reach out to them this way. You know, through hope. I and I don't even know of anybody in St. Louis that listens to this. Besides, I mean, I. Of course, I advertise it all over my socials and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, you never really know until the day of whether or not people are going to be around, right? Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So it, it'd be cool, and I hope your fl- f- fellow fl- – fl- oh, that's real hard to say. <laughs> fellow Floridians. <laughs> uh, I hope that they come out in droves to hang out, man. I don't know why you can't say Floridian. It's all crazy word to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be it's gonna be good. I mean, I was excited. Like, I, I mean, you're right. Like, I, I don't know too many Dream Theater loving fans necessarily around here either. But, like, the VIP tickets were sold in, like, half of the first day. Like, they were gone. So, I mean, they're here somewhere. So yeah, exactly. Like, so, so, they, so they don't find them. <laughs> they got to be around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I hope you have a great time. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can revisit once we've both seen the show. Absolutely, absolutely. When's the date of yours? It is November sixth, I think. Ah, you got me beat by almost a month. Really? Yeah, mine's uh, December second. Yeah, I want to. I want to say it's November. It's the first week of November. Cool. Uh, I I should know that, but I <laughs> my, my buddy bought the tickets, um, so he knows for sure, and, and I'm unprepared. <laughs> I, as long as you make it there, who cares, right? Yeah, I, I'll, I'm for sure going to be there, and that's what matters. Sweet, <laughs> so. sweet. Uh, so, Chris, I mean, I'm out of questions for you. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about about Dream Theater today? Uh, you know, I think we pretty much covered the map, but, uh, if, if I can plug my stuff really quickly one more time. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, thorhammer.bandcamp.com, 
for uh, free music to download, and I hope people check that out. YouTube channels Thorhammer Metal for the band stuff, and Chris Nays, which my last name is spelled N-A-E-S, for the drum-centric videos. And, of course, my podcast, which is On the Road with Thorhammer, uh, where I delve into my entire life as an indie musician and everything that surrounds it and the weird people that I hang out with. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, I appreciate uh, you for having me on, and I appreciate all the my fellow Dream Theater fans out there in Dream Theater land. Uh, may you enjoy this second leg of the tour that we so deserve. <laughs> yes. I will clap to that. Fantastic. Uh, thanks again, man. You too, Chris, man. All right, thanks. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this week. Join us every Thursday for more podcasts at onyxedgestudios.com. On YouTube, Facebook, links are all in the show notes. Again, thank you to Thumbo for having me on your show. I uh, can't wait to have another conversation after we both get to see the Astonishing Live. Uh, now you're going to hear a live track from the Des Moines basement. See you next week. Tim, start the thing.